Welcome to the Coaching Question podcast. This is the podcast for people who want to know more about coaching, how and when to use it, and really what is it all about. Join me, Sarah Turner, and my colleague, Gregor Finley, two executive coaches for an honest conversation. Today's question is pairs coaching. What is it and how might we use it? So, Gregor, tell us a little bit about Lucy, who you interviewed for today's episode. Yeah, I first met Lucy years ago when she was leading an organization called Ideas Unlimited, did uh, large-scale culture transformation projects with uh, with organizations. And then she left the organization to really pursue more of her own thing and coaching and then studied in what we hear about, the Cape Cod model, and studied in peers coaching. And we're part of the same professional body, uh, Apex. And it was only through a conversation with her, I said, what are you up to? And she talked about peers coaching. I had never heard about peers coaching before that point. You know, teams coaching was relatively new still. And I thought, I was fascinated by that. And so when we were, you know, looking for people to interview, I thought, Lucy would be a fantastic person to interview and find out. I'm sure people are fascinated to hear about what peers coaching is. So that's what this episode's about. And I think, you know, if we if we listen in and then we can talk about it more on the back end. Yeah, great. And I mean, I think the thing that I just love and listeners, I just encourage you to listen out for this. It's what's really struck me is so different about peers coaching is it's all about the relationships between people. So we'll come back to that. Um, at the end. But um, yeah, listen in and enjoy. Hi, everyone. I am really lucky today to be able to welcome Lucy Ball to the podcast. And Lucy is an accredited master executive coach. She's a team coach, a a peers coach, which is what we're going to be talking about today. She's also a faculty member at the Gestalt International Study Centre. I know Gestalt's a real interest for her. She's an every women expert supporting female leaders through the Global Every Women Members Network and a member of the Climate Coaching Alliance and active in the sphere of climate action facilitation. I met Lucy through uh, working with her at Ideas Unlimited, but you left Ideas how long ago? Oh, uh... What is 21 minus 14? Oh, seven years ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so for se- for seven years, you've been much more concentrating on, on your coaching. So we were having a chat some time ago, and then you said that you're doing peers coaching, and I was going, oh, I've never heard of peers coaching. What is this peers coaching? It sounds like a really interesting thing to do. So really the, the question today, you know, because we always have a coaching question, what is what exactly is peers coaching and why should organisations be bothered about peers coaching in particular? So the obvious thing to say is there are two coaches, um, not one. So the pair refers to two clients and the work is to support those two clients' relationship. So as individual coaches, we're very used to focusing on an individual in front of us. But as a pairs coach, I'm focusing on the relationship between two people in front of me. And just to add a little bit of confusion, I nearly always do this with a co-coach. So the, there's two coaches and two clients. But the pair refers to the pair of clients who we're, who we're working with. So the thing, I, the thing I picked up was you really focus on coaching the relationship. 
is a pair of individuals. It's a bit like uh, Myers-Briggs is an intrapersonal tool. You know, it's about, you know, an individual psychology. But Fire B, for example, is an intrapersonal tool. It, it's, it's, measure, it's about measuring the relationship stuff. So it's, it's, a, it's a very different focus. It's almost a complete paradigm shift from looking at an individual. And I remember when I was first training um, in the pairs coaching approach I use, which is called the Cape Cod model, um, which is what we teach at the Gestalt International Study Centre in Cape Cod in Massachusetts. Um, It's almost like having to take off your glasses um, and put on a different pair to see not what individuals are doing, but what's happening between individuals, what's happen- what's being co-created between people that, that is the relationship between them. So it is, it is a very different way of looking at something. It's a systemic way of looking at something. I can't get over the excitement now because I'm thinking, ah, here's an excuse. I've always wanted to go to Cape Cod and now I can have a valid excuse to go to Cape Cod and expense it. <laughs> I wholeheartedly encourage you to do that. <laughs> That's fantastic. So, yeah, that was the first thing because quite often you'll spend time, uh, you work with an individual and there's a, a really key stakeholder relationship and you'll help them with how they communicate with that individual, how they relate to that individual around certain topics, etc. And sometimes it's very successful and sometimes and you might rehearse conversations and they'll come back. Sometimes it's been successful. Sometimes it hasn't been as successful. And you're not in the room there to witness it. And what's brilliant about this approach is I imagine it's like when I'm team coaching, I want, I ask, what's the thing that you really struggle to talk about or, or get a resolution on a team? What's the, the grittiest thing that you really want to avoid? That's what we want to be talking about. And imagine that's exactly what you're doing in peers coaching. You're starting to answer the second question you asked me, which is why should it be something that people know about? Um, Because I I think there is a very obvious gap. We're used to providing one-to-one coaching. We're used to providing team coaching. You're right. Whenever there's an individual coachee in front of us as coaches, we often find that we're helping them with a relationship, usually with another when we're team coaching, we've got everybody in the room who's involved. When we're individual coaching, we haven't. We've only got one side of the relationship. And as you say, sometimes that can be really helpful because you can coach somebody to to go out and try something different. But they're going out without support. And what's great about pairs coaching, similarly to how you can support a team, is you can provide support to the relationship and they can practice whatever they need to practice that's new for them with you there. And it's far more likely to be successful with that support than it is leaving people to, to try it alone. The other reason I think it's a really it's a useful addition is that team coaching often highlights some particular pairs that might need additional support. But you don't want to be working with them in front of the whole team. It's not very safe. Mm-hmm. Um, it, probably isn't contracted in the moment and it's a bit too vulnerable to start focusing on the relationship between just two people in a team in front of the whole team. So pairs coaching is an excellent way of supporting a team's effectiveness 
when what will support the team is if, if a particular pair's relationship gets better. So I don't always think of it as remedial. I think that's also something worth saying. So it can be remedial. It can be when a pair is struggling and the relationship isn't working well. But it's also an opportunity to optimize where, for example, two people are leading a really critical transformation project together. Can we support their relationship in order that the project gets supported? Or if there's a a new CEO who needs to start working really well with the chairman, can we support their relationship as it begins to accelerate its effectiveness. So I like to look at it both as developmental and accelerating as well as sometimes remedial. So I can immediately think of like a great business justification. I was working with a a VP in a manufacturing context and it was the largest project this organization had ever done. It was, I think the first year's investment was 55 million, but it was a really key Very challenging relationship there. And I was coaching one side of it. But that investment actually justified getting those two people in a room. I was just going to say that I wasn't aware of the approach. It didn't even enter into my head that here's something I could have gone to the CEO and said, look, we need to get these two people in a room together. Yeah, I I think that's, that's common. It's not on the curriculum. It's not on the agenda. It's not a well-developed market, um, pairs coaching. And I think there are some, some reasons for that, but I'm certainly on a mission to make it much more normal so that it would occur to more people that this is a tool that could be applied. And I believe that the return on investment can be absolutely huge. It doesn't cost more than it costs for individual coaching. You're paying the same. You're paying effectively two coaching sessions at once, but you're you're getting far further in a relationship far quicker than you might by just coaching one side of that relationship or trying to fix this stuff in team coaching when everybody really knows that the the, the focus needs to be around a particular relationship and it's rather being fudged. I can really relate to that. Um, so I can see there's there's really discrete things where you see massive strategic investment. There are going to be some key relationships there. But yeah, just picking up on that thing, the relationship between the CEO and the chair is, is always a, a biggie. But just in the day-to-day, you know, quite often that relationship between the CEO and the CFO or the CEO and the COO, you know, if there's real tensions there, that's going to cause challenges. And it's not just challenges between them. Well, like you said, in the team coaching, it's like, well, everybody else may be avoiding stuff. Everybody else may be, I was going to say forced into a passive-aggressive stance, but they're, they're, they're not willing to go there because it's not safe for them. But they know there's a problem between two senior individuals and they don't want to get hurt. I, th- I think that's right. I think there's a, there's a lot of trudging on eggshells that goes on around critical relationships. You know, and often I think you and I, we've done a lot of change management OD work in our careers. And you often find yourself working with two or three levels below one such relationship. And it becomes, you know, becomes labeled we're in silo thinking or there's not enough cross functional collaboration. And we try to work a couple of levels down where the problem really is to try and get more cross functional 
collaboration when really um, what most people are experiencing is the dysfunction of the two people at the top of the function. (laughs) I'm calling it dysfunction here, but that's, I think it's really important to say that I don't see it as dysfunction in a judgmental sense of the word. What I see is that relationships aren't always easy, right? And particularly under very tough contextual conditions. And none of us have been taught skills. Um, We don't get taught it for our marriages. We don't get taught it for our relationships with our colleagues. We don't, don't get taught skills for the relationships with our friends. And so relationships get into habits that aren't always helpful. And they end up with a sort of limited range and sometimes the range isn't quite big enough for, for the what the context requires. So I very much take an appreciative approach to that, you know, any relationship, just like any person is doing the best it can. And the aim of pairs coaching is to notice what's really serving people in their relationship, as well as to be able to say, try this, try something different, try, try to add something in. And sometimes it's the simplest things. Try asking each other a question instead of just sharing statements. Try pausing a little bit before you before you interrupt each other, for example. Earlier on, when you were talking, I was thinking, well, if I'm in HR, et cetera, and I, I see you treading on eggshells, that's like a really good symptom. It's a really good clue. All right, if we've got lots of eggshell treading, then that's some place where peers coaching is really going to come into its own. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I was going to say was I, I have this image of Godzilla versus, I can't remember what the other monster is, but, you know, when you get, like, these superhero mov- movies and you've got these two big characters knocking nine bells out of each other, in the meantime, all the normal people are getting killed or crushed, <laughs> you know, and I, I think actually... I can, I can, I can see that. You know, you can see that in organisations sometimes. You can, and it. I just, I just wanted to offer some alternative characters to the Godzillas, <laughs> because I, I think, I think it would. It's sometimes a little bit too easy to assume that pairs coaching is about the Godzillas, but I think oftentimes it's really lovely people with very good intentions who are just misunderstanding each other. And often it's because of difficulty airing disagreement. So it's actually quite rare that I'm working with people who are knocking seven bells out of each other. It's more common that I'm working with people who don't quite know how to disagree without hurting each other or worrying about hurting each other or are erring on the side of politeness and finding it hard to therefore really get the best out of each other's differences. So I just wanted to balance the story a little bit with those examples. That's great, because what I think what I'm hearing there is, you know, the people involved, their intent is actually really generous. Maybe they're being overly polite or overly sensitive, and they haven't they haven't been trained in the ways of, you know, nonviolent communication. If somebody's gone through nonviolent communication training, they, they're going to have the tools maybe to to express stuff that somebody who hasn't done that training haven't got the tools. 
whether or not you agree with MVQ or, or, or what, I'm just using that as an example. I am fascinated. I'm sure the audience would be fascinated to find out what's the reason for uh, coaching with two coaches and do you have to be cautious? I imagine that might could trip you up if you're not really in sync. Mm. So the, the reason for coaching with two coaches, there are several reasons. The first is that it provides a balance. I think most people are familiar with the drama triangle. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea that if there's three people involved, the the chance of one of them turning into the victim, the other the persecutor, and the other the rescuer is is higher. And I think that can happen. There's also quite often because of how people come to pairs coaching, it may be that one side of the pair feels like they trust the coach more or knows the coach better, and that creates a bit a bit of an imbalance. So it creates a balance that I find useful. The second thing is it's another pair of eyes. And when we're looking at systems, there's more to take in. Um, and there's it's a harder job to notice what's going on between people than it is to be engaged with an individual and also take care of instructing and giving feedback and all of the other things you have to multitask and do when you're a coach. So there really is work for two people in the room. <laughs> the other important reason for, for two coaches is that the, the way that I do pairs coaching includes a little bit of me talking to my co-coach in front of the pair. So it's part, it's part of our methodology that we work together. Um, and I can say a little bit more about that if it interests you, but um, it, adds, it adds a great deal to the coaching, that, that step where the clients get to watch the two coaches talk to each other. Yeah, I think that gestalt thing, um, ref- reflecting your experience, you know, your fellow experience with each other. You know, from my knowledge of gestalt, I'm going through the gestalt training you've gone through. Yeah, I can really see that. And I, I can relate it to the stuff when you coach, team coach and pairs, because, you know, one person might be, act- one coach might be active and the other coach is able to observe. But I really like the idea of two coaches being able to reflect and then have a conversation about what's going on in front of the other pair, mm-hmm. and, you know, model stuff, et cetera. So I, I love that. I suppose the concern that was in my head was one client might be thinking, oh, well, this is my coach. And another client might be thinking, well, th- th- well this other guy's my coach. You know, they, they might sort of try and instill a parallel process of tension between, if there's tension between the two of them, they might, unconsciously try and create a tension between the two coaches. Now, I imagine that's something you've got to be aware of. Well, you, you use the word parallel process, and that absolutely is is part of what happens. <laughs> and of course, um, individual coaches can get pulled into parallel process just as much as, uh, as two coaches. Um, what hopefully we can do um, with the training that we've had and with the model that we use is spot parallel process and be able to name it and talk about it between us and use it as data for what's going on with the yeah. with the client system. So if we're present enough and professional enough to spot it, it's actually a delicious moment to see some to, to catch some parallel process going on because it can it can often be a really pivotal moment in the in the coaching. That that's brilliant. 
So uh, I'm I'm in I'm in HR or I'm some commissioner of coaching, and I want to I want to hire a team to do peers coaching. Mm-hmm. What do you think I should be looking for? Um, well, you could start by giving me a call. <laughs> um, so I've gathered a team of pairs coaches who are trained in a particular model. I'm sh- there are there are more models than the Cape Cod model, but I, you know, it's very much my my model and what I choose to work with. So, and because of the co coach arrangement, I want coaches to be trained in this in the same model. So I would be looking to ask the question, how do you work with pairs? You know, what's what's your process? I would be asking the question, if you're hiring two coaches to work with two people, have you worked together before? Do you have used the same methodology? Because you don't want your co-coaches tripping over each other. I think I would be looking as a as a buyer for a sense of partnership. Can you help me to set this up in the right way with the coaches because I think there's there's some expertise required around that and some additional sensitivity around it because it's not a common thing to do and that there is a little bit of stigma around pairs coaching still because we associate it with relationship counselling or mediation which have some sort of negative associations or a little bit more of a sense of uh, jeopardy around them for people. So I think there is some, if you're a buyer of past coaching, I, my my imagination is you'll want to be working with somebody who will support you around that. So how do we get them in the room? What's the contracting conversations? Um, how do we make this safe for everybody? That would be something that your consultant ought to be able to, to give you support on. Cool. And I'm fascinated by, I want to find out more about this Cape Cod model. What, what do you think is particularly valuable in that approach? This is challenging. (laughs) I've just finished running a two-day introduction to the Cape Cod model and I'm about to go into running a a 16-day full program. So to give it to you in two minutes is just going to take me a moment. I think the first thing to say is that it it truly is a systemic way of working. It's very different from one-to-one coaching skill. To be able to see a system, intervene with a system of more than one person is almost a completely new toolkit. Many of the one-to-one coaching skills are still very applicable. You know, the building of trust, the following the client's agenda, the Self-awareness and self-management and use of self-required is all great foundational skill. But the, the Cape Cod model really is advanced skills for working with more than one person. So I think, I think that's the, that's the first thing I would say. I think the other thing I would say about it is that it's an incredibly practical and immersive training approach which means that you're not just coming away with some, with a theoretical understanding, you're, come, you're coming away with having got this way of working deeply into your bones. And that includes mm. how do you handle the hierarchy in the room, in the pair? How do you handle embarrassment and resistance in the room? 
how do you really pay attention to working with both sides of the pair and not ending up leaning towards one or the other? How do you maintain balance? There's a lot of really advanced skill in there that I haven't found anywhere else in the world that that teaches it in the way that they do over there. I love, I love it. I love it. I'm just thinking, I can't remember somebody was saying, and sort of in psychodynamic theory, there are 40, at least 40 like avoidance strategies. And I can just imagine you've got to be able to spot and deal with so many avoidance strategies, you know, uh, and, and be aware of them for yourself as well. I was going to say that. I mean, whenever we're working with a pair, all our stuff's going to be there all our own stuff and our own relationships, all our own preferences, all our own tendencies, all our own memories, all our own projections, all our own transference and counter-transference. So, you know, the, the training to work with systems involves you looking at all of that stuff in you so that you can bracket it off, you can spot it when it comes up and put it aside and get back to focusing on what's in front of you. Um, it's very easy for me when I'm working in a in a pair to get hooked into some of, you know, what's unfinished business for me. And I, I have to be skilled at being able to to bracket that off. And another advantage of working with a with a colleague. Absolutely. Uh, what I love about this is I've got a really great tip about how I might be able to expense a trip to the States and, and, and go on holiday. I think that's a really big benefit. But I think it's, there's been a massive benefit, I hope, for, for, for people out there to see this. I, know you, I think you called it a market. It's an untapped market, but it's an untapped opportunity for organisations of all sorts to, to really deal with, on one hand, deal with the Godzillas, and, but on the other hand, just realise a whole bunch of opportunity that and potential that's not being realised at the moment because we're we're busy. I miss. I must be particularly bad in the UK because we're so busy being polite all the time. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Are I we do one of the most passive aggressive nations in the world? <laughs> <laughs> I believe that the return on investment is huge for pairs coaching. I wish I could tell you the numbers i've never done the the study but i think if you know if you took our earlier example of a pair that are you know together leading a transformation program worth millions of pounds or dollars and everybody is dealing with the limitations of their current relationship in that project imagine the energy, the time, the noise, the workarounds, the the getting things wrong and having to do them again that goes on around that kind of executive relationship that could be avoided if we give relationships support and if we actually give executives a break and not expect them to be able to do this stuff. You know, there's no manual for working relationships under immense pressure in a VUCA environment where you're bumping up against the habits of a lifetime in the way you connect with people. Let's get that supported. Let's give people some help with that, for goodness sake, because, you know, we're all learning about how to do that, um, whatever stage we are in our life. So I feel passionate about people getting the support they need 
individually, I think we've cracked that in the, with exec coaching and that's more normal. I think we're starting to crack it with teams. You know, let's give all these pairs a bit of a break and a bit of a hand as well. That's lovely. And I think it's a lovely message to to end on. I did think, I was just talking to someone this morning about another interview uh, they were going to do and she's got a, and she's got a book out. And I thought, oh, actually, I should ask, Lucy, have you got anything you want to plug? <laughs> I think I've done enough plugging, haven't I? <laughs> Well, I don't know. I just thought, I, you know, knowing you, you, you know, apart from, you know, being a, a coach, a business leader, all these other things, you know, you might have knocked out a book or two I might not have been aware of. I don't know. <laughs> no book yet. I, I'm plugging Pairs Coaching. It doesn't have to be me, but do more of it. Coaches do more of it. HR directors buy more of it. And I'm, I'm plugging, I am blatantly plugging the Cape Cod model and the Gestalt International Study Centre as a fantastic global home for intervening with systems, um, small or large, or for, for coach, advanced training for coaches. I, I'm going to give them a big plug. <laughs> Okay, well, thank you very much for that. I'm going to, um, when I've got time, I am going to really research the the Cape Cod model, and I think about maybe might be able to go on holiday and in, uh, international travel in, in 2022, yeah. setting my carbon, of course. Of course. So you you have on my website that my travel is all offset. Uh, I, I'm quite proud of that, and uh, it's been great to speak to you, Lucy. Well, there are now many there are now many online options also at the Gestalt International Study Centre that you can join in from your from your seat at home. Cool. Yeah, but I I have always wanted to get I've always wanted to go to Cape Cod, so I think I might go the offset route. Thanks, Lucy. That's been brilliant. All right, Gregor. Thanks for having me. So, Sarah, what did you think? Wow. I mean, I just think there's so much value here and so much, so it's so exciting, really. I mean, we, we talk a lot about team coaching. And as you, you and Lucy both alluded to in the podcast, you know, we think of coaching as one to one, but I think there must be so much power here to have two people together in a coaching session. And that, and the Cape Cod model, I just want to go away and research that and come on holiday with you. When we've been on holiday, business trip to, uh, to Cape Cod to go and train. Yeah, I would love to do that. I mean, I mean, that's one thing I got really excited about the, the whole model and, and what it might mean for coaching. But I also got really excited by the thought of going to Cape Cod because yeah. I love New England. Yeah. You know, I love that part of the world. I'd love to go there, but I suspect if I'm going to train in it, it's going to end up with a virtual course, which would be good fun because Lucy facilitates the virtual course. Yeah, well, that'd be great. I mean, the, the other thing, just building on my point about, which I said at the beginning about relationships, I mean, I, I've mentioned before, listeners will will know that I am a big fan of Esther Perel's podcast. And one of her podcasts she does is Where Shall We Begin, which is a one-time counselling session. Um, and quite often she'll have two people so she'll be she'll be counselling a couple or two people who are in a business relationship together, which is their other podcast. So I've sort of been listening in with quite a lot of interest, this idea of having two coachees and coaching their relationship. But then Lucy brought in this point that I was quite surprised by, where she'll have a co-coach. There's actually two coaches as well, which I just think is, is so fascinating. Yeah, I think there's... Uh, first of all, being able to use it. So one of the things they'll do in, in pairs coaching is they'll pause what's going on in terms of assessing the relationship, say between the 
the CEO and the CFO or the CEO and the chair, and they'll reflect what they're experiencing. Mm. So partly it's about subject becoming object. It's the, the so the clients can see what's going on outside of themselves. Mm. So th- that's one thing. They can model what's going on. They can replay what's going on. But they can also talk about, you know, what's happening in terms of counter-transference for them, you know, what they're experiencing, you know, all the, the thoughts and feelings like, you're, I mean, I'm being reminded of being in school and I'm being talked down to by someone. I wonder if that always goes on in this relationship between these two individuals. And, mm. and so the clients get to see what's going on for the coaches as just human beings. And that must make it's a huge depth of it. And that, that's what brings it home to me, the sheer power of this coaching methodology, modality. Mm. because here's a, here are really critical relationships. Absolutely. And I think building on that point, the idea of two coaches, two coaches, but two coaches. So you're getting double the amount of brain power and double the amount of experience and double the amount of just general value that you're going to get from that coaching relationship. And I, I do think it would be quite interesting to how you do a chemistry. I don't know how you do that. I do chemistry if you've got two coaches. It's something we didn't, I didn't, something we didn't, touch on in the interview and it, it would be interesting how we, we do it. I think I suspect that there has to be real rigour around the framing of what the coaching is about mm. and very, very strong contracting mm. such that you know individual can be safe. But I think that's one of the things that I would imagine if you've got a peers coaching engagement, there's got to be real commitment from the parties involved. Mm. They, they want to make the relationship work. They know it's going to be really valuable for the organisation. So there's going to be a commitment there. Mm. You know, we were talking about well, what's the difference between mediation and, and peers coaching. And I think mediation is always, it's reactive. You know, you're normally getting into mediation because there's a danger to the organisation. Somebody's going to get sued. There's a real threat to the organisation. So we're going to put them into mediation to sort it out. That's it's been done to them yeah. a lot of the time in mediation. Whereas this is there's a, there's a real commitment. And I think what you pointed out to me in conversation, one of the things Lucy was talking about was we don't get taught how to relate very well. No, we don't get taught how to have relationships, do we? And she talks about how we get into habits. And I think there's just something really powerful about learning how to disagree in a really constructive way. And I just really, I really love the fact that you talked about that with her, that it wasn't just about, past coaching isn't just about it being remedial. And in many ways, many times, often it's not. It's actually about how you optimize a really, you know, really important or a really crucial relationship and I, I just think there's a real real opportunity here and I think I can see future in pairs coaching being huge actually yeah just the it's an investment because if you think about it like a CEO or a new I've got an organization I'm working with at the moment it's a relatively new CEO mm. was the CFO is a new chair yeah and so they're doing this big long dance and that whole relationship could be get accelerated you could get up to speed way more quickly if we were doing peers coaching. That or same organization, because the CEO was the CFO, there's a new CFO as well. 
and that CEO CFO relationship mm-hmm. is always mm-hmm. really really important. Mm. So there's all these areas where you can see here's a critical relationship. We need it to work really well. Here is a essentially minimal amount of investment when you think mm. about it mm. to make something really work. And if I think to the, I think there was another podcast we did about onboarding. I think one of the stats we had there was, you know, forty percent of executive new hires don't last past eighteen months. Yeah, I think the research shows a lot of that is down to poor cultural fit. But if you think about cultural fit, is is inability to relate well. You know, so I, I think it's this huge power. That, that's the thing that keeps on hitting me is the sheer power that peers coaching could have, and, and certainly the not necessarily just there, but certainly the senior levels in our organization. Yeah, absolutely. So thinking about what you've just said there, Gregor, so if I was a CFO and I move into the CEO role, there's there's a history there because I would have made a particular shape, a particular impression in the role of CFO. And then to have someone else come in and take over that role whilst I'm still there and actually then that person's boss, there's some quite interesting, if we think about it from a, system, a systemic point of view, we often think about when we join an organization, when we begin our relationship with the system and also when we end beginnings and endings and becoming entangled in old habits and old ways of being and historical ways of being. Um, and I think actually just where you've got that kind of a transition happening to be able to bring the CEO and the CFO together to be able to process how we're going to be together, how are we going to relate with each other? And really bring it into the open. That's one yeah. of the things, a really useful thing in team coaching is often people just ignore when people leave a team. Yeah. And they don't pay enough attention when somebody comes into a team. Yeah. But endings, beginnings are massive, massive learning opportunities for yeah. teams. Yeah. And you're looking at the dynamics and the relationships. So again, peers coaching is, you know, I think relatively quickly into a new relationship. Not not immediately, but relatively quickly is probably going to be really, really valuable. I I certainly hope that people found this interview as interesting as we did yeah. because it was it's a fascinating topic. So we'll wrap up there. I'd like to thank everybody for listening to this episode. And if you haven't subscribed, if you please do subscribe to the podcast. And so the podcast will just pop into your podcast reader without us having to worry about anything. If you're feeling generous, if you could give us a review on iTunes in particular, that would be fantastic. And we're always interested in feedback or other questions. You can email us at info at the coaching question.com. And we'll see you next time. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.